Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurelien, the mindfulinvestor.net. I'm here with uh, Glenn and Darcy, Glenn uh, Sutherland.com and Darcy, uh, Darcy what.ca. This is where you can find more information about us and what we're up to. And so today we will be discussing work alcoholism. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's a public service announcement about work alcoholism. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's good. <laughs> work alcoholism. So it's part of Dasis. Dasis is enrolled in a in a in a program and he's studying and it's part of his um, thesis. <laughs> it's good. This is a good introduction. Keep it light. This is so, heavy stuff. And uh, so yeah, I got us started. So I think it's important to set me time aside. Uh, I know for myself, I I, uh, I try to take a, an undisturbed walk every week without direction, goal, or distraction. And one of my um, uh, favorite topics is to uh, is ideation. I love being in the realm of ideas, and uh, so I let my mind just go. And uh, and uh, so I, I really like those walks. And sometimes ideas come up. Uh, how to do things better and uh, what where, where my focus should be so I really enjoy those walks and um, I walk a bit more now because um, uh, we only have one car and uh, so I need to walk to the gym when I don't drive my work my wife to work um, in terms of the cell phone we, we've talked about this before uh, I had this tendency to be glued to my phone it's not on a, it's, it's always on silent so it's on my time that I check my phone, but I, I would check it quite often. And now I'm glad to leave it uh, aside. And uh, one, one trick one can do during family time, for example, is to plug the phone because uh, make it, you know, make it difficult to, to, have, to have it accessible. Um, and then in terms of work ethics and workaholism, uh, where do you draw the line? Because uh, you 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 want to be a good worker. You want to, and you're often you know, we have people that uh, work for us and uh, work with us. So how do you how do you not uh, let uh, your job invade all the precious time that is family time? And this should be sacred because. Uh, um, I know my daughter went to one of our events, uh, one of her, from to one of my uh, father's day, she uh, created this little document and she was saying that Papa goes goes to meetings and that's that's because I was at the time doing a lot of Zoom meetings online during COVID uh, around uh, around eight p.m. So I I decided I would uh, wind down on wind down on that and uh, so I would have more time uh, family time at home at night. Um, and also it's important one of these uh common sayings is you know have your money work for you instead of you for working for your money and i'm part of this group and they make a distinction between vertical income where you have to be standing to make to make income and horizontal income which is passive income where your money works for you and you make money while you're asleep um and and it's important to realize that uh, you know money you can make more but time time is a is a is a scarce uh, commodity so it's uh, it's very important to be mindful with your time and uh, and i know for myself uh when i set goals uh at the beginning of the year and review them i make sure that part of those goals i try to be mindful and and to do things i enjoy doing like playing beach volleyball spending time with my daughter reading her stories 
um, taking her to MMA on Saturday mornings, having our little routines together, our papa and, and daughter time. Uh, so I make sure that uh, yeah, life is not a dress rehearsal and I, we have time for, for what really matters. Yeah. yeah. One thing, um, since we're trying to talk about a little bit of hacks, I think I got this from Ari originally, but my wife was the one who actually made me sit down and do it. Um, but I got my calendar out and first she said, write down everything you do this week or you're going to do this week and what you do every week. Right. And then set times for each task, which it sounded so hokey to me be like okay from this time to this time i'm analyzing deals from this time to this time i'm working on you know uh accounting this time to this time you know I'm all the way through did the whole uh several hours every single day about what was going to go on for the, that time and it was it was a good training for myself but it also trained everybody else because i'd have like a wholesaler or a real estate broker or someone contact me and i'd be like they're like oh we're sending you this deal and i go i will be looking at that from two till three o'clock later today and they knew i set their expectation then too and i set my own so it was one of those tasks that i thought was gonna be stupid but it actually um relieved a lot of stress because i kind of was working on 10 things at a time and i was like i'd be like oh i'm checking emails this hour and or i'm i'm supposed to be analyzing deals so i'm not allowed to check emails even if i saw something come in it's not time for that and i'd have to let it sit there and i'd see it um, cause sometimes I had to go to the emails to look at the wholesaler deals. Right. And, but I'm like, no, I'm not allowed to look at those emails. The other ones from the contractors. I'm like, it can wait until the end of the hour and then I'll go in and I'll get focused. Cause if I look at that, then I'll get turned and I'll go get them the document or whatever they needed and I'll off on things. So I just, I'm like, can they wait the extra, you know, the another 40 minutes until the end of the hour? Yeah, of course yeah. they can. So sure. it was, it was a good thing for me. Uh, and I just started doing that about what was that, two or three weeks ago and it's, changed a lot of stuff changed my stress level a lot too um, besides coaching i started um telling everyone that i don't work after 3 40 because that's when my kids bus comes so i do do some coaching on wednesday evenings but besides that i'm like that is the only time like you know that's the only time to get me until 3 40 I'm, I'm done when the kids get off the bus so you won't be able to reach me i've got my coaching students if you want to contact me on whatsapp facebook messenger text message whatever <laughs> You gotta get me before that, right? Because it's not gonna work, right? Um, batching my work. Um, I like to set do my podcast recordings, do my coaching, line them back to back to back to back. So it's like a you know, a very busy times, but mm -hmm. it's uh then it's done and then I can check out. So I, I'm doing a lot of batching. And what Ari was saying about the walking, I I love the walking too. And I, where I'm kind of torn on it is for a long time I would walk and I do have nothing with me, right? No, and I just let my mind go, right? And it would solve problems yeah. for me. But I've been having a hard time finding time to listen to that book every single month or finding the time for the podcast because I don't drive anymore like I used to. I used mm -hmm. to drive so much, but now I'm at home all the time. So I don't do it because my habit was drive and listen. And when I am driving, I have my kids with me and my kids are not interested in these real estate books. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. That's one thing I started listening to it. Even today when I went for my walk, I was I had a, a real estate book on and I even forgot my earphone. So I just had it on a, a speakerphone and it was blaring and everyone else was hearing my book as I trucked along. Um, but it, then it took away from my, you know, clear your mind time. Right. So, yeah. 
Well, I think, um, you know, this is uh, already alluded to it. I am at Royal Roads University. I started during COVID studying for my um, Master of Arts in Leadership. And um, one of our capstone projects for, before graduation, the major work is uh, a personal project, either with an organization or, or with yourself as the research subject. And I undertook um, a, a research subject, sorry, science that, um, uh, looking at workaholism. Uh, the literature related to that is clear to make a distinction. Like I, I know my two colleagues here are highly engaged and um, there's a, there's a research shows there's a difference between engaged work and workaholism. And the difference is generally in the outcome. They don't, they may not look very different, but the outcome uh, within the person is embodied. So uh, work, work engagement is very desirable. You want to be, it kind of work like and you all know this when you get into something and time just passes and you're grinding away on a spreadsheet or you're assessing a something or you're gardening or whatever your job is and it's highly engaged and you're into it and you drop into that kind of REM work where time stands still that's beautiful I mean I I love working I love what I do so a lot of my life is like that where I drop into the work and love it I'm even if it's hard and I'm solving a problem with a with a, a resident or with a client, um, time stands still. I might be pacing. They laugh at me. I have a headset and I'm outside the office pacing and while we're sorting out some problems. Um, but I love that. That's highly engaged work and it's productive and it's beneficial and it's it helps the world. Workaholism is something different. It's akin to any kind of isms that are addictive, whether it's uh, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, um, you know, all the other addictions. Workalism is an addiction where it's unhealthy and it uh, costs you a lot and you'll know it because it's obsessive um, and it, it, uh, it can destroy your health um, and your peace of mind. So, you know, I looked into that and, you know, deciding whether I was highly engaged. Yeah. I think I'm a bit of both. Um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I have to admit. So I like to do work that I'm really proud of. So I'll work longer to make a product better a tiny bit better than just shipping something that's good enough. And good enough is a really hard thing for me to do. I want perfect or really great. Um, so I think it gets, you know, for me, the research shows that it gets down to the motivation of why a person is doing it. So my mind and it, you know, this will be, this is very personal stuff, but a lot of our motivations, uh, the research shows in the literature and the academic research in this comes from very early, um, childhood values and how you adopt those values from childhood from influential people around you teachers mentors particularly parents um, and exemplars in your life if you might have had a powerful influence from a grandparent or an uncle or someone successful in business or someone successful in their career or the way they manage their life an older brother older sister or sibling these powerful images that they share with you can shape the way that you approach your work um, you know, I'm a, trying to adopt different uh, habits and many of the things that Glenn and Ari talked about are, are staples of my life for 20 years, meditation, um, uh, quiet reading, uh, going to the gym, hiking, walking my dog, nature walks. Those are things, restorative things I've, I have done for you know more than three decades. Um, but some of the things that came out of my research that I thought was, was interesting and I'd love to share with people are... Um, Deconstructing the mental models around how you show up for work 
is hard, hard work. And you may not be able to do it on your own. It requires other people, to, generous people to help you. And I engaged a couple uh, feedback partners and said, so I journaled, uh, what is it, close to 78 pages, uh, more than about a thousand words a day for 30 days and shared it with two other uh, two other colleagues, uh, generous colleagues that read this stuff. And then we'd have a conference call at the end of the week and talk about it, what I'm thinking about and how I approached work. And this is, you know, deep thoughts, right? And you share that with only people that you can find are trustworthy and worthy of your thoughts. Um, you know, I shared this with my staff. They know I'm working on these things. Uh, they're concerned about it. You know, I've, between the age of 50 and 60, that's kind of like a threshold thing for health. And if you can get through your 50s to 60s without some major problems, you're probably going to live to 80. But in your 50s and 60s, statistically, you're vulnerable to heart disease um, and cancer, diabetes, um, stress, obesity, hypertension. That's the window. That's the tricky part. And if you're younger, you know, pay attention. If you're in the middle of this right now, you should really pay attention. Um, it is important for people that are curious about this. And if you have questions about this, to engage in self-reflection. Am I engaged, highly engaged, or am I an obsessive workaholic? And there's some tests out. The Bergen scale is what I could point you to. And it's just five simple questions about how you approach your work and how you feel about it. Um, it's um, healthy leadership is often a paradox between a couple of truths. I have to do this and I have to take care of myself. There's not a simple solution. I talked to one of my feedback partners and he, he observed, you know, if you're a drug addict, the solution to drug addiction is to stop taking drugs. But if you're a workaholic, the solution to workaholism isn't to stop working. You can't. You've got to find balance. So the truth in workaholism is trickier. It's a balance between two, two competing ideas. So it takes incredible discipline and resources and help from people around you. Um, you'll know where you are on the workaholism scale by just checking in with your body. If you are being physically drained and emotionally and spiritually drained by your work, you're probably tipping on the workaholism side of the scale rather than the engaged work part of the scale. Work should be, you know, engaging work and mission and um, vocation should actually replenish you. It should give you joy and strength. If it's not, then it's probably, you know, crushing you. And I'm not talking about you have a job that's heavy labor and you feel tired at the end of the day. I'm talking about drained when you're physically, emotionally, um, bone weary that the work is killing you. And if you, if you're experiencing this, you know what I'm talking about. It's different from just being sore from shoveling or from lifting and carrying. Um, the good news is that if you change the structure that you're working in, if you change the way you do things, you'll change the outcome. It's a system. You're a part of a system, whether you acknowledge it or not, the way you do things, the way you interact with your employees and your direct reports and your clients is part of a system of how you manage things. And if you change the system, you'll change the outcome. It's just like chemistry. It's just like electricity. This is the physical property. Even though we're organic beings, we're all part of systems. If we change that, the outcome changes. So if you change the way you go to work, if we change the time you show up for work, if you change breaks you take at work, you change what happens. And that's encouraging because we can all change this. And the final thought I'd leave with you is the stories that we tell about ourselves are powerful. If you walk around telling yourself a story 
that is you as a scrappy underdog that has never been recognized or acknowledged for being any good, that you have to fight for every scrap at the table, that uh, work and business is a war. It's a battle with only one winner and you're going to be that one. That is a tough load to carry. That is a really hard story to live with. You can do it for a while and you can find success in that. You know, in fact, those kind of dark negative stories can be very, very successful, but they're also very, very costly. Um, there are better stories and the stories we tell ourselves matter. Um, if you tell yourself a story that the universe is benign and actually generous and there's enough resources in the world for everybody and there's enough for you, that changes the system and the way that you work. And if you actually believe the second story, it will make a difference in the way that you experience your life. The first story is hard. It is really hard to be that scrappy dog, that junkyard dog fighting for a bone all the time. And it can leave you broken and tired and, uh, you know, crabby and angry. The other story is a different story. And it's important to find your story. Of course, I can't give you one, but, you know, if you've lived the difference in those stories, you know what I'm talking about. And if you find yourself in a story that doesn't work, that's dark and bleak and miserable, you can change that. Um, I, you know, I think when I go back to my first point, you can't do it alone though. It's worth, to, it's worth it to talk to a therapist, uh, a friend, a mentor, a business, um, a coach, a life coach. Um, all these people out there can really help you. Um, if this is maybe as close as we get to a public service announcement, if you're struggling with this stuff, you know, drop us a line. I can direct you in some other ways. Um, talk to somebody, pastor, priest, counselor, um, mentor. Um, life doesn't have to be a really miserable, hard, hard slog. Um, you can tell a different story and have a different outcome. Um, that's, that's, you know, honestly where it's at for me. Now you yeah. need to uh, provide your personal cell phone so they can, calls, <laughs> can come and call us. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of my thing where I won't provide my personal cell phone, but if you want to drop us a line through the, through darcywhite.ca in the comments or whatever to that, I'll answer that. Absolutely. And you get an honest answer, but um, yeah. So that's what I've been working on this summer. Um, yeah. If you do that at your defense, you'll pass with honors. Yeah. I, I think it was a good project. It was a, it was definitely the project I had to write. Um, you know, it was good for me. Um, I'm still unpacking some of it. Um, you know, I'm reworking my system, my, what my perfect day looks like and acknowledge that it, you know, sometimes I have to take a nap. Some days I can't work a full, you know, nine, 10, 14 hours. Uh, I have to change that. I have to change the way I travel. Um, I add extra days. I'm trying not to do as much. It's, it's physically taxing. You can't do 90 days on the road every year. That's, I can't anymore. I used to be able to, I can't, it's just not possible. Even if you can, you don't want it. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the point? And it's interesting about narratives. I used to work for a foundation and we would publish the Holocaust Survivor, Holocaust survivor memoirs and the fact of writing. Mm -hmm. I had several intellectuals come and, and speak about how how you can um, uh, regain uh, agency in your life by telling your story. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I know it's a process I've been through myself and... Uh, uh yeah there is a yeah happy to connect about that too if you want to try absolutely to absolutely I'm listen if, that <laughs> yeah i'm serious if, if people are struggling out there with this drop us a line through the through the podcast 
and uh, we'll treat it with, um, we'll treat your stuff with uh, dignity, your thoughts with dignity and uh, compassion. Um, we won't out you, but uh, I'll share you off, share with you offline and have a conversation about it. Because if you're struggling with that, your life can be really miserable. And here's the good news you can get out of this. Um, everything's fixable. The only thing that's not fixable is death. If you arrest everything just before death, you can still fix it. That's the only final nail in the coffin, I guess. Ooh, that's bleak. <laughs> but no, it's all, the message is it's fixable. Oh, I know. It's only yeah. fixable. Yeah. Awesome. With it. Yeah, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. And uh, we really enjoy doing those episodes. We, are, we hope you enjoy them too. And if you want to submit so share your thoughts or your experience uh, with us uh, you know you have you'll find compassionate ears and uh, eyes uh, advanced rei talk at gmail.com it's advanced rei talk at gmail.com thank you for tuning in yeah. the mindful investor.net darcy at darcywhite.ca and glenn glenn thank you for tuning in thanks everybody